Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Sounds about right. Just fine. Great. Like at this point, you're just taking the piss, honestly. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. That is getting a bit ridiculous. Oh! <laughs> podcast on the athletic network it's not friday anymore no it's saturday may 22nd the early early hours of saturday may 22nd i'm je squeets squeets tired hashtag full squad though rolling with the homie mass melis hey, we are wemphis right now we're all wemphis <laughs> i just saw that tweet maybe i had it on my mind we got my top shot hot boy ripping lips and packs Way Werby. <laughs> hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. The international Way-o-be. man of mystery taking it to the max. P. Rellis? Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah hey, guys. Yeah, you hey. mount the toilet weird. Hey, what's up, man? And uh, last but not least, making the magic happen, let's call him DJ. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, and here we are. Oh, my goodness. It's late here on a Friday night slash Saturday morning. Shout out to the stream team for rolling through, joining, joining us Live on YouTube, smash that like button, leave your comments, and if you haven't already, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. On tonight's Late Night Pod, uh, we're going to preview and predict all four Western Conference first round series. If you're looking for our East picks, go check out last night's show. We had a few disagreements when it came to the Knicks-Hawks matchup, as well as the uh, what we're calling the gun show series between Giannis and the Bucks and Jimmy <laughs> Butler and the Heat. So yeah, you can go check that out on... No Dunk's YouTube channel, there it is, or of course in your podcast feed, wherever you download and listen to No Dunk's. But yes, we now know the four Western Conference series, and okay, bit of a shock. We jinxed it in the Google Doc. We had the Warriors moving on, and uh, no, the Grizzlies say, uh uh uh, 117 112 overtime victory that just wrapped up here super late on a Friday night. Uh, Tass, what a goddamn game that was! Very exciting. Uh, Honestly insane. It looked like the Grizzlies had it wrapped up for a good chunk of the game. They had a crazy win probability super late. Then the Warriors got it into overtime, and the Grizzlies did enough with a huge game from uh, John Morant, among others, chipping in. But that was was fun. That's what the play-in tournament's all about right there, right? Uh, (laughs) That was uh, amazing. It was uh, to to see the Grizzlies and then uh, get out to that big lead. And then just kind of slow it down in the second half. It just looked like they weren't ready to play on offense. Yeah, and the Warriors came back. And uh, to, to go into overtime and get the, the job performance. And then Xavier Tillman, who was chipping in for Jonas Valanciunas, who fouled out with... Did he have two big threes? Uh, that was monstrous. Well, Grayson Allen. Grayson, Grayson, Grayson yeah. Allen, yeah. But Tillman had that one in the yeah, corner. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. those those three guys with Grayson Allen coming through, uh, getting some... Uh, 
some texts about Hawkeye when Grayson Allen was shooting those threes. I, yeah, yeah he, he does look like Hawkeye. I mean, he's a Ted Cruz dead ringer, but... Yeah, he looks a lot more like yeah, Ted Cruz. But hey, yeah, but uh, you know. Yeah, get your hero points. Uh, us white guys, we all look alike. I get it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> sure. um, uh, the, the, what it came down to, though, like, okay, let's, let's just jump to the final play of regulation. That was a bonkers play by Draymond Green, right? Why? What, what was that? Why is? Why isn't he getting the why? ball in the middle of the floor and just waiting for Steph to come, come grab it and shoot over two guys instead of that thing? Well, he was. Uh, I forget when it happened in the game. It's all a blur, but he did hit a big three there, the backpack three. Maybe that he was, was feeling yeah, himself. Yep, oh, that yeah. was in first three point so attempt. Big. Yeah. Well, that wasn't a shot. Um, he, Draymond yeah. wasn't a shot. I'm not blaming Draymond, but uh, yeah, basically what happened was Steph that was, a bad Steph take, was yeah. looking for anybody really to help him. It, it, was, it was well. The, the, yeah. the fronting, the, the face guarding by Dylan Brooks was a phenomenal strategy by Taylor Jenkins the, the entire game. It, it, was, it was really great. Dylan Brooks did a great job of taking away Steph. Steph didn't rest in the second half. I know he's probably got uh, the best endurance in the NBA, but they wanted him to sit in the second half, I'm sure, but they couldn't. Uh, so he didn't sit a minute in, in the second half, didn't sit a minute in overtime, uh, and uh, they're playing you know, four on five, sometimes three on five on offense. They were just oh, looking. Yeah. When Looney's out there and Draymond Green, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the Wiggins three, people will make fun of him, but I thought he was, you know, along with Jordan Poole, you know, the the – the second and third best Warriors out there offensively. Uh, but, yeah, kudos to the Grizzlies for just stepping up and uh, and not backing down and everybody playing within themselves. Desmond Bain was really big in this game. Yeah, and mm-hmm. John Morant closed it out. He, he simply uh, he simply was uh, a great player, you know, from the get-go, too, hitting a career yeah. high in threes and uh, and then finishing the job. Yeah, 35 points for John Morant, Lily. 14 of 29 the five threes, like Tass said, only got to the line twice, but hit them both. Six boards, six assists, four steals. Um, you know, there's the five turnovers, but that's okay when the Warriors are turning it over on every second possession, I guess. Oh, baby. Uh, both Draymond and Curry. Ooh, really sloppy with the ball. But uh, that was, a, for a lot of people, I assume, a bit of a coming out party for John Morant. I mean, of course, we know who he is. We watch basketball. <laughs> we were watching Grizzlies games. But a lot of casuals are like, whoa, probably like, who the hell is this kid? This guy's awesome. Um, so that was awesome to see him sort of bounce back in a way because he had had a couple rough I don't want to call it weeks, actually, where he wasn't shooting the ball all that well. And we saw what happened last Sunday when the Warriors said, go ahead and shoot it, man. Uh, you're Draymond Green. We're going to treat you like that. And uh, we have no confidence that you can knock those down. But, yeah, right from the get-go, like Tass said, he hit a couple, felt good, uh, and continued all throughout the game. He sort of set the table and then closed it in the end. Yeah, and uh, he did his homework from last week. He said, you know what, I think they're going to give me that shot again, so I have to be able to make them, and he knocked them down early. And whether or not that helped his confidence later on, who knows, but he went inside, and that little floater he's got, it's almost like the reverse Tony Parker there. He goes to the opposite side of his body, but he feels it. He goes there, he rises up, and he uh, and he knocked it in. A couple of times on those possessions, I thought they're taking a little bit too much time off the clock here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think it was Mark Jackson saying, like, you want to give yourself a little bit of a chance here if you don't uh, get the first shot off to have a second opportunity. But it worked out for them in the end. And and Jamarant, the thing about him is he never, ever 
side, you know, tried to get away from the ball, tried to pass it off to someone else. He understands he's the leader of that team and had it in his hand, even if he didn't take the shot, but he was involved in every possession. And uh, I thought that was incredible for him. And for the Warriors, you know, I mean, look, it's hard to criticize Steph and Draymond. They're the two best players, but 13 of their 21 turnovers. And I honestly thought Draymond had some awful turnovers, some really bad passes out there, uh, which cost his team. I mean, he finishes with a triple-double. But uh, a couple of times, those passes, I just thought, were, were far too high risk and, uh, and, and ended up costing the Warriors. But uh, this is a great game, I thought. It was an arm wrestle, another arm wrestle. Maybe that's what the playing games are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for Ja Morant, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, questions about whether or not he'd be able to step up on this stage after what happened last week. They get past the Spurs, goes on the road, has the game of his life in the, in the, in the game of his life as well. So uh, well done to him. Kudos to... The, uh, the Grizzlies there because I thought uh, Valanciunas was good, but he was in foul trouble and uh, and Jaron Jackson as well. They're two bigs where they had an advantage over the Warriors. <clears throat> Excuse me. But they still walk away with W. <laughs> I thought, and JD, this one's for you. Uh, I think it's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune. Isn't it the guy who rips out people's heart? Is that right, JD? Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna get. I was trying. I was gonna get the meme ready of like Steph Curry's the mm. guy ripping oh. harder, and the Memphis Grizzlies are that guy because it just felt to me Steph was gonna deliver the dagger. I just felt it. You were ready for a happen. bang. I saw it on oh, Twitter. I was ready. We got a bang. I think it was the Jordan Pool, but it wasn't a cool it wasn't bang. An epic bang. Yeah, it was a cool guy. Bang. I can't believe he gave um, up that shot at the end of regulation. I just can't believe it. Dishon, it's Curry. a Draymond. You think he should have forced it or at least yeah. tried to get back in the play. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, that's, he was yeah, completely I mean, double teamed over on the well, side. Well, so you give it to Draymond and go get it again. Go get it I th- back. I think, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the fact that they kept bringing the pick for Steph, I, I thought that happened a little too often. Like, they didn't do it the one time, and he got to the lane and got that foul on Jonas Valanciunas when he was, you know, can go sort of one-on-five and get, get deeper in the lane and pass. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought they brought the pick a little too much for him. And, yeah, the, it's just the suit. <sighs> I just assumed he would shoot it. Uh, I know Kevin. For I know sure. Kevin Durant liked that uh, Draymond Green shot selection. I'm sure he did, and, and had a chuckle himself watching that. But yeah, I just don't get it. Trey, anything to add uh, from this crazy game here before we actually get into our Western Conference previews and predictions here? Another unsung hero to me, Kyle Anderson. I thought he oh, was yeah. awesome. How he only had one steal and two blocks. That seems way too low to me. Hmm. It felt like he was all over the place. He was Draymond Green for the Grizzlies. And with Valanchunas having a lot of foul trouble, with Jaron Jackson Jr. also in foul trouble, they needed somebody alongside Tillman who stepped up in a major way to sop up those minutes and quarterback things defensively. And Anderson was just all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really impressive. And to see uh, his his counting stats ended up so low. Like that just tells you that it's very. Uh, it's there are other ways to win a game. I thought he was great, and I thought Dylan Brooks. If you want a coming out party, people may look back on this sort of game as like Shane Battier's first real game against Kobe when he was really face guarding him and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, like, oh right, oh right. Look at what he was doing against Steph Curry. The way he was just all over him, forcing him to give up the ball there at the end of regulation. That sort of thing. He was in his shirt the entire night. I thought uh, the Grizzlies' commitment on defense was incredible. Uh, we would surely be talking about Coach Jenkins' decision and the Grizzlies' decision to not challenge the uh, pool three-pointer where he kicked out the leg and everybody's screaming right away on the broadcast. They're saying, I mean, you got to challenge that. At this point in the game, like, what do you have to lose? You, you, the, the timeout? Okay, that's fine. I believe they even had two of them, if I, if I remember correctly. And he didn't. Uh, ballsily, I mean, I think the wrong 
call. I think they would have overturned it. It may have been close, but Poole sure looked like he put out the right leg enough. Well, I think that was Anderson, right, on the on the closeout on that one that uh, right. got yes. ultimately called for the foul. But in yeah. the end, of course, it doesn't matter, and it's uh, won't really be a talking point. But my God, it would have been if the Warriors pulled this out. Yeah, and there was also the one on uh, Valanciunas called for the offensive foul on Draymond Green. Uh, I thought uh, Draymond kind of had his feet set, but he kind of moved his body. I think that one would have also been overturned. So uh, Taylor Jenkins there, yeah, I don't know, keeping him in his pocket, I guess, uh, until <laughs> until he absolutely has to. But it, it must be tough <laughs> because them. you know. Does he you know, know they you... don't go into the playoff I, series? I, I, like it's especially okay in a play-in game? <laughs> Got to yeah, use exactly. him. He's a purist. He um, wants to win without the challenge. I yeah I can't, I wonder if he did <laughs> he just decide him. he wanted to keep the timeout for sure just in case they needed to set yeah. something up in a game. I don't think like it was a, I don't think it was a guarantee overturn with the kick. I know I know Ooh. the first the first angle was bad, but uh, you, you don't know what they're going to overturn. So very yeah. true. It didn't matter in the end as the Grizzlies pulled it out, and uh, they will go on to face the Utah Jazz here. One eight matchup. Um, crazy crazy stuff. So let's get into it. Uh, the keys to the series. Let's just go. Utah, Memphis, Sunday night, by the way. It's the last game of the weekend. So, you know, do your reps, guys. Have your coffees. Do a little <laughs> yoga. I mean, look, I plan on watching an F1 race on Sunday morning. That's too. right. There's going to be oh, a yeah, whole lot Monaco. of time. Right, even Lee knows it's Monaco. Yeah, 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 go. you got to watch the Monaco. you got to watch That's Monaco. That's yeah. right, Lily. Yeah. So uh, eight games on this weekend. And, uh, and of course, the race as well. But. Well, we got the Jazz sweeping the season of series course. versus Memphis. Two close games, um, if you want to take anything from it. Um, but, Trey, get us started. What's the, the key to this series between Utah and Memphis? 1-8. Well, it's not the key to this series, I'll be honest with you, Skeets, but I cannot wait for the beefer's delight. Jonas Valanciunas versus Rudy Gobert, a couple of the best rebounders in the game, two big old boys smacking bodies into each other up to seven games. This is going to be crazy. Valanciunas has been on par with John Morant as uh, an MVP candidate amongst the Grizzlies. Uh, Ja obviously was the man for them tonight, but over the entirety of the season, the toughness that uh, Valanciunas has brought to the team has been... Uh, incredible, and uh, he just has been a consistent presence for them inside. He's going to have to continue to be that against Rudy Gobert uh, just to, to combat what Rudy brings um, from a pressure-on-the-rim standpoint. You know, Valanciunas is going to be the last line of defense there, so I think that will be very interesting to see. But a huge uh, – the only way to me that the Jazz really lose this series is if they don't make three-pointers. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league for the entirety of the year. They're first in threes attempted, they're first in makes, they're fourth in percentage. In their wins, they're over 40%, but that means they're missing them sometimes too. 35%, two and a half fewer makes per game in losses. That's the key for the Grizzlies. Smothering the three-point line, making things tough for the Jazz from the perimeter so they don't get uh, in a rhythm and, you know, knock down 15 to 20 in a game because that's impossible math for the Grizzlies. Tass, what's a matchup you're watching here in this 1-8? Well, yeah, the, the three-point shot is really, really interesting because, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, a better matchup here for the Jazz to, to just be able to go and have Jonas Valanciunas versus Rudy Gobert rather than mm-hmm. uh, Jonas Valanciunas um, you know, is, is just the perfect match for Rudy Gobert. Well, Rudy Gobert doesn't want to go chase Steph. He doesn't want to come above the free throw line. So in this instance, he can drop back and just play Rudy uh, one-on-one a lot of the time. And I wonder uh, if this game here where we saw Xavier Tillman play at the five, we saw you know uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. play at the five, I wonder if that bodes well for the, the Grizzlies going into this series because uh, it, 
Jonas Valanciunas is going to have a hard time chasing the number one shooting three-point team in the entire NBA, just chasing guys around there. And it would be nice if those other guys could chip in. Uh, but uh, the Jazz are going to outscore the Grizzlies from the three-point line. That's going to happen for sure, even though we saw some good shooting tonight. Uh, and so um, Jonas Valanciunas has to make up for it by punishing Rudy Gobert. He has to win that battle um, when he's out there. He has to score a ton and uh, and find a way to stop Rudy. So uh, that that battle, it, it's it, it, it kind of it's it's very strange that the the, the Utah Jazz would rather have this because it just it just suits them a heck of a lot better. But if if Jonas can be big and then those other guys can chip in again, they they kind of have to win that because they don't have the shooting uh, to to handle the Jazz. Lee, what about you? Utah Jazz, the last two seasons, have left the playoffs uh, pretty badly. Last season, they had a 3-1 lead, lost to the Denver Nuggets in seven. And prior to that, they went out to the Houston Rockets in five games where they tried some sort of funky defense on James Harden. So what you could look at for a lot of teams is, you know what, Quinn Snyder's been there a few years. He must be there six or seven years at least by now. Maybe you fire the coach. Maybe you trade one of your star players. But they didn't do that. The front office basically said, we believe in our guys and we believe in our coach. And they've been rewarded by having the best record in the NBA for the uh, for this season. So they go into the playoffs with the number one seed. So what are they going to do now in the playoffs? How are they going to show from those past sort of uh, nightmares in the playoffs that they're a better team and how they learn from that? Because this season, they have been very, very good uh, at both ends of the floor, as you guys have uh, alluded to there. You know, they have about a nine-man rotation that Snyder uses and everyone contributes. And when a guy's out, like, say, Mike Conley, Jumping Joe Ingles gets into that starting lineup and things don't really uh, change too much. They just all understand their role. So clearly the front office believes this team is strong. The record and the way they've played this season has been very impressive. Now they have to go out there in the playoffs and do that. They have to execute in the playoffs and show that the regular season uh, can translate into the playoffs because if it doesn't this season, if they lose again in the first round or second round, then then surely there'd have to be some changes there for that team. But, you know, they signed Rudy to the big five-year, $200 million contract in the offseason. He and Donovan Mitchell had a little bit of tension that they got that figured out during the uh, shutdown last season, during the uh, the break. And they've gone out there on the floor and, and really, really played well. So I want to see now that the Jazz get through this first round because they should. They'll be favourite, of course, against the Grizzlies and uh, get through in convincing fashion. That's what I want to see, to show that they are a better team than they have been in the playoffs the last two seasons. They've made four seasons in a row. They lost to the Warriors one time. They lost to the Rockets twice. Uh, but then last season, of course, uh, when they looked very good against the Nuggets before le- losing that 3-1 lead. So will those uh, playoff heartbreaks really sort of actually... Uh, count for something for lessons learned and they go out there uh, and execute to perfection against the the Grizzlies in the first round and will it be convincing that's the real question I mean the Grizzlies Mm -hmm. now playing with house money nothing to lose Uh, obviously depending on Donovan Mitchell's health could have the superstar in this series if John Moran's playing like he did tonight they could there is no doubt Uh, especially again not knowing what percentage of uh, health that Donovan Mitchell is playing at coming back there from the ankle. Now, he says he's going to go for game one. Yesterday morning, he went through a full practice, I know for the first time since the injured ankle. Um, he hadn't basically hooped in like, it was like a month and a half. It yeah, was quite a while. Quite a while. I sort of had forgotten how long he was out. Probably a part of it was because we stopped talking about the Jazz because they just had that great record and they held on to it because they have all that depth. But he told the Athletics' Tony Jones that he's expecting to play on Sunday. And the ankle injury is, quote, 
Here's what he said, Donovan Mitchell. It wasn't as minor as it was made out to be. Oh, okay. Um, so how does this ankle respond to treatment, to practice, to playing in games? Is he on a minutes restriction? Obviously, what percentage is he sort of back? Is he at 80%, 90%? Does he have that burst and explosion uh, off the dribble? Um, because this guy is very important. I know they hit a lot of threes. They have a lot of guys that can do it. They obviously have a great defense uh, with Gobert holding it down in the middle. But you need Donovan Mitchell uh, you know, sort of at the peak of his powers to go super far, of course, in a Western Conference. This guy averages 26-5-4, and four, and he's a proven playoff performer. So uh, that's the key to me, just like how healthy is Donovan Mitchell? And uh, even if he is, well, Dylan Brooks is going to have a go at him. Oh, boy. And, you know, he's pesky. These two are going to get into it, I, I think, at a, at a certain point in this series. So I'm excited about it. Um, and I actually think this is going to be a bit of a series now. I think I'm maybe saying that because I just... I love so many guys on the Grizzlies, like JV, of course, being a former Raptors player. Dylan Brooks, the most punchable face in the NBA, but he's Canadian. John Morant's a superstar. We say it time and time again here on the podcast. If there's one guy like you'd put a lot of money down to sit courtside to watch, he's on that list. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of like in a weird way cheering a little bit for the Grizz, but the Jazz are the number one seed, and uh, they got a hell of a roster. So predictions, Tass, get us started. Where are you, where are you going with this? Yeah, I, I think the Jazz uh, have enough scoring power to uh, to offset what the Grizzlies are doing, even if Ja gets hot, even if uh, Jonas uh, gets banging and, and is going to feel comfortable with Rudy Gobert in the lane. And I think Donovan Mitchell is kind of slow rolling us a little bit. Like he's He's been taking it slow, and I think he will be ready to play. Like he did practice this week. He said he was rusty, which is to be expected, five off weeks. But uh, I think they're good. <laughs> I think they're all, all yeah. healthy and in peak form. So uh, I think I'm being nice um, and giving the Grizzlies two games just because of what we watch. But I think the Jazz win in six. Okay. Uh, Trey, you go next. I'm also feeling good about the Grizzlies right now. How can you not be after seeing <laughs> yeah. the greatest play-in game that we've ever seen? The first nine seed to ever get into the playoffs. Oh, legendary team already. Uh, they are going to steal at least one game against the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, uh, even if he's 100% healthy, like he said, he's rusty. He hasn't played in a long, long time. The Grizzlies are good at forcing turnovers. If there's a game where they can uh, force some turnovers, get out in the open court, and score some easy buckets before the Jazz are able to get set up, that'll be huge for the Grizzlies. If there's a game that the Jazz don't shoot well from three and the Grizzlies are able to steal that one with an incredible job performance, that's a feasible path to a win for me. So, yeah, I'm feeling good about the Grizzly Grizzlies right now. We all are. Uh, give me the Jazz in six as well. Okay, uh, Half-Life Hero is pointing out in the stream team here. Grayson Allen may be the most punchable face uh, in the league. So, that's fair. Very that's fair. fair. You know, Grayson Allen looking like Ted Cruz, as we said, or, uh, or Hawkeye, I guess, to, to some. You know, Dylan Brooks, he's got the Kenny Powers, uh, basically mullet sort of going on with his hair, <laughs> that vibe. Uh, and he's, of course, Pesk, uh, or is a Pesk. So, uh, yeah, maybe they just, uh, at some point, will just start punching each other in the face uh, in this series. I think there will be some, uh, again, some... Some annoyance between some of the big guys down there, and they both play. Like, both these teams Definitely. play very physical, and you know it should be it should be good. Um, but Lee, who are you going? You got a good Jazz in six, like the other guys. 
I am. I am. I, wow. I, yeah, look, it's uh, recency <laughs> bias to some extent. But look, I like the way that Dylan Brooks, he's going to feel good. He's probably going to be on uh, Donovan Mitchell from the start. And Donovan's going to need a game or two just to find his rhythm. And I also like the big beef bat matchup in the middle. I think Val- Valanciunas is going to give as good as he gets to uh, Rudy Gobert. So that's, those two should bang away there. And then you just hope those other guys, like you saw from Xavier Tillman, like you saw from uh, Grayson Allen tonight, if they can chip in, hit some threes and keep that scoreboard flowing, then the Grizzlies should feel they can at least uh, stay in these games here. So, yeah, I think uh, rust versus rest as well. It's great when you're coming off a win. You don't want to be rested too much. So uh, maybe the Jazz will be a little bit rusty and the uh, Grizzlies are on fire. So I will say the Jazz in six. Okay, you're also going Jazz in six. Uh, I think we are caught up a little too much in the moment right (laughs) now. You know it. You know it, buddy. We are. We are. How can you not be? I mean, yeah, the rust versus rest is, is maybe there, but also... You know, this team could be exhausted, the Grizzlies here. They, you know, they play the Spurs to get into this game to then win and take down the Warriors in an overtime game where a lot of their guys were playing heavy minutes. That, that could, like, bite them in the ass. They do have the late game, I guess, on Sunday, but they, of course, got to travel to Utah. They're playing in altitude. I'm going to go Jazz in five. Uh, I, I, thought, I was thinking Jazz in six, but now that everybody's sort of feeling that, I think, yeah. uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I'll go Jazz in five, um, but hopefully, obviously, we get some, some close, close games, like something like we got here tonight. Okay. We'll Can we have this. a beef versus a beef, you think? 20 rebounds mm. each wow, for Valanchunas and Gobert? I wonder. I mean, I'm sure that's happened a lo- at, at some point in NBA history, but that means a lot of missed shots for both teams. That's yeah. tough. I would love to yeah. see it. I think each guy will get one at some point, though. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be on Beef Watch. Don't Beef you worry. Watch. For sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Suns-Lakers, 2-7 matchup. Uh, game one, Sunday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Suns won the season series versus the Lakers, 2-1. But, 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 don't read too much into it. Uh, AD missed the first meeting, Braun missed the last meeting, and then... Neither of those superstars played in the uh, in the second game there. So, Suns got uh, got the two wins out of three though. Tass, you get us started. Keys to this series: Phoenix and LA. 
Well, Sun Center DeAndre Ayton has to stay on the floor for the Suns to win. Because if Ayton is off the floor, it doesn't matter how healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James are right now. They're going to look like their superstar selves if DeAndre Ayton is off the floor because their backup centers too small. They play Dario Saric, who's a power forward, or Frank Kaminsky, who isn't a traditional center at all. Uh, and LeBron isn't 100% healthy. We saw him in, in the play-in game uh, against the Warriors. He had trouble finishing at the rims. And, and uh, if Anthony Davis and the Lakers can get Aiton into foul trouble, if Anthony Davis makes it a point to do that, uh, Saric and Kaminsky are going to struggle uh, and LeBron's going to feel mm. great. He's going to feel like a billion percent. He, the, the, the conversion rate will go way up and it's up to Anthony Davis to drive and take it to Aiton. If he settles, the Suns are going to love that. But uh, I think that after the play in game where the Lakers beat the Warriors, I think there's a reason LeBron mentioned Aiton by name a couple times uh, in that post game interview. That's his biggest obstacle on the Suns, even if Aiton isn't his primary defender. I think he's going to be, or maybe he just mentioned DeAndre Ayton a few times because he didn't want to say Drake, Jay Crowder's name because he doesn't like Jay Crowder. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think he'll handle the trio of Jay Crowder, uh, Mikkel Bridges, and Torrey Craig well enough because he is LeBron James and he's going to get to the hole. But DeAndre Ayton's a monstrous man. It's the center for LeBron James that's always his kryptonite. That's, that's the guy he has to go through. And, and the ankle's not right. Uh, but he'll get through that that first line of defense. So I think for, for me, if Aiton's off the floor, the series is over because the Lakers' defense is is obviously great. They did a great job mm-hmm. against the Warriors' guards. They'll do a great job against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, but uh, Aiton is is a super super key to me again because Saric, um he did a good job in the regular season, but th- this this Lakers team is is far different than anything you see in the regular season. So you're concerned if, uh, yeah, Aiton picks up two quick fouls in any of these games. Uh, a ticky-tack one here, you know, pushing a guy in the back on a rebound, swiping at something he has no right to really be even trying for, yeah. and gets out. Just, to, just him off the floor is, yes. you're, you're, it spells trouble yeah, for the Yeah, and this Suns. is his first playoff series as well. So, yeah. you know, there could be a little uh, bright lights playing against LeBron James, and you, you just can't get caught. There's... You know, it's it happened to Jonas Valanciunas tonight. The first foul that uh, Jeff Van Gundy called right away as a flop. Great commentating by Jeff Van Gundy that Draymond Green flopped on a seal by Jonas Valanciunas. You know, LeBron can flop and get a call, a whistle on you. No, no, no questions asked. And then a second one comes. Then he has to sit. And again, they right. are super duper tiny. We sat beside Frank Kaminsky at a D-League dunk contest. <laughs> we did. He's, he's probably as thin as Jay Skeets. No, he's, he's thicker. But no, no, he's a lot bigger. Yeah, than he's him. big, but he's... Also, Jokic was there too, so that made him, I guess, maybe look uh, even smaller. Mm-hmm. And Marquise Chris was also there, just to round out the five. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> the five. Okay, who was, bigger, who was bigger between those two? I'm actually curious. Marquise Chris and Frank Kaminsky. They're sitting down. Uh. I have no idea. Yeah. I could, you can't, couldn't tell. <laughs> I think Kaminsky, to be honest. Yeah, he's, but, uh, is yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. Got a big old schnoz to him, too. Sure, I remember. Uh, all right, so you're watching uh, DeAndre Eaton and uh, staying out of foul trouble if possible. He has to stay on the floor. I, I agree with that one. Trey, what's your uh, key to this series? Well, this is tough for the Suns uh, because the Lakers are obviously going to be very strong inside with AD and LeBron. They're going to be able to get to the hole. Uh, so the Suns... Booker and Chris Paul, they've got to be incredible. This is going to be Booker's first appearance in the playoffs, and he's got to be at his best right now. He's got to be 
he's got to be up there with LeBron and AD, looking like the best player on the court, because Chris Paul is going to be performing as well. He's going to at least get the Suns as close as he can. Uh, Maybe Booker will be the one to take him across the line. Maybe Chris Paul will be the guy. And that's why, to me, it'll be interesting to see how well and how exactly the Lakers go about guarding those guys. Uh, I thought KCP and... Alex Caruso and Dennis Schroeder all competed really hard defensively because when you look at this team, you're like, how did they finish first in defense with their two best defenders missing a huge part of the season? It's because those guys really get after it uh, Mm -hmm. out there on the perimeter. And if they're able to pressure Chris Paul and Devin Booker into having tough nights and uh, making mistakes, uh, that's going to be even tougher for the Suns because you know they're going to they're going to have to win the game from the outside. Uh, so if the Lakers are able to take away some stuff on the outside, uh, it could be a short series for Phoenix. Yeah, sort of off of that, the key to the series for me is the turnover game, as in, like, who's going to win it? Because something has to give in this series, in my mind. Um, the Suns lead the league in assist-to-turnover ratio, which shouldn't be a surprise because Chris Paul is your floor general. And uh, I saw Schumann with an insane stat. CP3, career assist-turnover ratio of 3.92. Third highest ever among players who have played at least 10,000 minutes over the last 44 years. He's behind only Muggsy Bogues. Okay, that one sort of makes sense to me in terms of uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. And John Paxson. What? <laughs> oh, wow. John Paxson <laughs> didn't hear the ball. Yeah. A little shocked. I thought Jose Calderon would be up in there. Uh, yeah, maybe he's up there. I don't yeah. know if Shu's still awake, but he can drop it in the stream team if he is. But then here's the rub, right? The Lakers have the league's number one defense. TK was talking about this in large part because they ranked fourth in opponents' turnover rate. So they create a lot of turnovers. We saw it against the Warriors in the play-in game. Helped force 20 turnovers. I say help because the Warriors were uh, you know, doing their part to uh, throw that rock away, especially in the second half when they had 15 there. But... That was a, a huge deciding factor in that game versus the Lakers, also again in the game against the, uh, the Grizzlies tonight. But LA's just got the size and athleticism on the wing. You said Caruso, KCP, Shooter's got crazy long arms. I'd say even Kuzma's improved defensively this year, uh, playing a, a smaller part in the uh, number one defense in the league. So, yeah, can they get guys, especially Chris Paul, can they, like, speed him up at times? He had one really bad game against the Lakers where he actually had a lot of turnovers for him because he just usually doesn't. So uh, that's something I'll be watching in this one. Um, can they sort of speed those guys up at all, get them a little sloppy, use their athleticism to uh, create some turnovers and go the other way and get some easy buckets? But, Lee, what about you? What's your key to this series? I don't think it's ever been a pivotal game one, but I'm calling game one a pivotal one in what? this series. With LeBron James? Huge, yes. huge. I love it. Come yes. on. Because what? the Phoenix Suns absolutely must win game one of this series. They must win it. They cannot afford to lose game one because if they lose game one, then there's so much pressure on them in game two. But I think LeBron gets out of Phoenix with a split. It's just so important for me that the Suns get ahead of the Lakers at the start there because this reminds me a little bit. I know it's different, of course, with Chris Paul there, but of the of the Raptors when they first made the playoffs with DeRozan and Larry and they had home court against the Brooklyn Nets. So if you remember that game, they were just nervous and they were bad. Mm-hmm. And this is where Phoenix, they're going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So you know LeBron's just going to have that swagger out on the court you know, because he's been there and he's done that before. The Nets had a little bit of that with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett as well. Not quite to the same extent as LeBron, but similar. I think the Raptors were just a little bit overawed here. So this to me is uh, Phoenix just got to get out there from the start and and be as good as they can be show that they uh were as good during the regular season and they are 
as they can be in the uh, in the playoffs here because we saw it the other night. I mean, LeBron, he's not 100%. Anthony Davis is still not 100%, but they know how to win. They know how to close out games, and that is really going to be the test for the Phoenix Suns. They lost a couple uh, late in the season against one time against the Lakers and one time against the Warriors, teams that were desperate to try to get into the playoffs. Now they're at home. They had a great record, and Phoenix just has to take care of business. Devin Booker, I want to see him get to the free throw line. Uh, I'd like to see him just get some of those easy mid-range shots as well because it can't all fall on Chris Paul. It just simply can't. They've got to go uh, and get buckets from Bridges. It's got to be good for them. Jay Crowder. He, Jay Crowder, remember last year in the bubble, he started off on fire in oh, the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he missed a three for a fun, yeah. couple of weeks. But then he, couldn't, then he couldn't hit one, though, yeah. for it felt like the last couple of games there for the Heat. So, um, you know, they've got some veterans out there. They've got some guys who have been to the playoffs. But but I think, you know, Devin Booker is, you know, he's the face of that franchise. So he has to be very good. So uh, just let's worry about game one right now for the Phoenix Suns. Take care of business in that one. It's Pivotal oh, for this here, series. Yeah, there it is. Our first <laughs> pivotal game of the postseason, Taz. Let's go. You're calling game one pivotal. We're going to have to get that uh, clip, JD, loaded into StreamYard of, uh, who is it, uh, Ross? And I don't know who's helping him move the couch uh, yeah. up the stairs. Is it Joey? Pivot, pivot, yeah, Brad the Bandit's uh, playing the drinking game. You hear yeah. pivotal. Got to do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll That's drink, an early we'll pivot. We'll that drink. is an early pivot. You've also got people saying taking both sides of the pivot. Oddly enough, saying game one, obviously it has to be a pivot. Everything changes after game one. So there you go. (laughs) Other people are saying there's nowhere to pivot from. Yeah. Well, and my counter too is like LeBron has lost how many series, or sorry, won how many series where he's lost game one. Yeah, well, so it's won. like I, I'm just saying, like if the Suns win yeah. Game One, I don't think you're they gonna be like, win. well, it's a wrap. Suns win. That's a sweep. Like, no, you're not gonna do that. So you think they should almost play against LeBron and, and blow Game One, yes. so LeBron doesn't quite know what's going. Well, five. Wow, repivot. That's exactly right. I, I, I looked yeah. it up. I remember I looked it up last season, and it was five times he's lost Game One, but then gentlemanly swept the series. The douchebag, the LeBron sweep. What you want to call that? That's only when he's uh, swept. He may have done it other times where. Sure. in six or seven games like uh, uh, I can't think of one but uh, it's I'm sure it's uh, happened Pacers, um, I think and the Victor Oladipo yeah. series yeah. so anyway yeah. it's happened a lot so I'm not sure yes. it's that pivotal for uh, well I, ju- I just feel for the I'm Suns though it's pivotal you know, for the Suns if the Suns lose that game you know then it's like oh man game two is just the biggest game in Suns history outside of game six against the Bulls uh, which they lost John Paxson yeah, <laughs> it all comes back to the pack. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Uh, okay, so Lee's look at Lee's key to the series is game one. Game I, one, I love it. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's nice. get to predictions. Tass, uh, where are you going with this? I, I feel like you're, of course, seeing a lot of people showing the respect to the defending champs and LeBron James and AD and saying, "No, the Lakers are going to win this. Who cares? They're the seventh seed." And then you got some people going, "Now, you fools don't know how good this team is. They've been great all season. They're one of the rare teams." Uh, that is really good on offense and defense. I believe they rank in like the top seventh, uh, maybe even higher on both sides of the ball, offensive rating, defense rating. Like they're a really good squad. And yeah, they're young, Aiton, Booker, Bridges, but they do have Chris Paul. They do have Jay Crowder. I mean, there is some, uh, you know, pretty damn good experience, playoff experience uh, within the bunch there, at leading like your main guy, your floor general and Chris Paul. So like, where where do you go with this? Is it just like... Is it, is it Lakers, or uh, can you talk yourself into the Suns? Yeah, I think the oldies will have the youngies ready for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I, I like the, the Chris Paul versus Dennis Schroeder matchup as well. The teammates from last year playing against each other. 
That is mm. going to be spicy. Uh, I, I, I do think the Lakers are helped a little bit by the play-in game because, uh, you know, Schroeder got a really bad game out of his system. LeBron got a full game at game speed on that ankle. Uh, but I, I, I think LeBron is going to slow roll this a little bit uh, because he's, got, he's planning on playing four rounds of playoffs. He's not 100%. He is a 36-year-old man. He has done this for his entire career. So I, I think that uh, the Suns will be ready, and the Lakers also uh, aren't at 100% and uh, yeah, aren't, aren't going to come out guns a-blazing uh, right from the get-go. Uh, so I think it'll be a long series. But I, I think in the end, um, like we've seen with many Chris Paul series, it's going to be a heartbreaker for him. Uh, so I'll go uh, on the road. Lakers win game seven. Lakers in seven. Wow, Lakers in seven. Okay, showing a lot of respect, of course, to the Suns there. Uh, Irwin in the stream team saying, uh, the Suns are going to be the first two seed to pull off an upset. And, uh, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. I think the Lakers must be favorites in uh, in Vegas and stuff that's like that. So, Lee, um, how many times be. did you say uh, LeBron lost the game one? And then douchebag swept it was five by my, by my count. How many times did he lose a first-round series? Uh, he's lost one, I guess, for the uh, yeah for the Cavs. Um, hey man, it's been a long time, is what I'm yeah. saying, and it's not yeah. going to stop now. There's no answer for yeah. LeBron on uh, the Suns roster. There's also no answer for Anthony Davis. Uh, if it's going to be Jay Crowder, too small. If it's going to be An- if it's going to be DeAndre Ayton, too slow. I don't think. Uh, I think it's going to be basically a layup fest for those two, but. LeBron does like to slow roll things from time to time. I can see a Suns win in a pivotal game one. They get things started <laughs> off right. But then all you got to do is win one on the road. Give me the Lakers in six. Mm, okay, Lily, where are you going? Come on, man. Take yeah. the Suns. Do it. Believe it. Nah, I, 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 look, I believe in the Suns. I think they're going to – this is not going to be a, a smoke show. I think they are going to fight, and they're going to be a very, very uh, tough opponent here for the Lakers. But LeBron knows he just really has to take care of home court, hold serve at home, and steal one on the road, give himself a chance to end this series in Game 6 in Los Angeles. And I think – whether it's game one, two, or five, that's where LeBron's just going to say, sorry, sons, I'm going to rip your heart out, and then I'm going to go home and take care of business. So, uh, you know, Phoenix, if they can uh, they can do everything they can in these first two games before LeBron starts feeling really good and Anthony Davis make it a series, and if they can get it back to Phoenix for game seven, they're a chance. But I just feel LeBron, we've seen it before, He just he always wins a road game at some point, knowing that he won't have... Uh, game seven at home means he has to have it for game six to close this series out. So I, too, have the Lakers winning this in six games. Oh, I want to do it. I know I see people in the stream team saying, somebody's got to take the Suns. you got to do it. You're our only hope. Them. I can't, though, and here's why. I mean, you said it, Lee. It was a weird comparison when I really think about it, but I know what you're getting at. You know, how many times did I take the Raptors to beat LeBron James in a series? <laughs> you know, they were a good team. They were good on both sides of the ball. The Suns are that. You know, there's some, there's some youthfulness there with some veteran leadership, uh, you know, well-coached, gritty. But every time I did it, LeBron would just laugh at me. You know, he'd literally spin the ball in my face and then just splash an eye. So I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not that stupid. I'm going to be cheering for the Suns. 
because everybody thinks now I'm a Lakers hater, but I think the Lakers are going to win it. I'm going with you, Tess. I think it'll be a seven-game series. I think uh, the Suns are going to get very, very close to pulling off this upset, even though they're the two seed. Uh, but LeBron will... Uh, they'll be the ones from the uh, Temple of Doom, uh, JD, if you're still there, <laughs> ripping out the heart of uh, Chris Paul. This is the first time Chris Paul and LeBron James ever played in the playoffs, right? Yeah. That's got to be... Uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense, because... Uh, you're on the opposite sides there for a good chunk of it. But uh, I'll go Lakers in seven. I'm sorry, Suns fans. I can't do it. But I'm excited for the Mikhail uh, Bridges coming out party. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's going to have some moments in this. People will be nice. talking about. He'll have a podium game. Put me down for Bridges' podium game. Um, all right. Are we even doing podium games? I guess it's all Zoom, so I don't know how Zoom that counts. Yeah. yeah, they'll only probably talk to a couple of them, right, Tass? Yeah. You can count it. Yeah, it's, it yeah. doesn't have the same effect, but it's like no. the same thing. But, yeah, they'll be doing yeah. it on a comp. Like our lives the last 16 months. So it'll be a, yeah, a Zoom po- podium, podium Zoom. But uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, people are mad that the Lakers are favored. They were fighting for the one seed before all their injuries started happening. Yeah. They were, yeah. you know, top, top of the West. And just to confirm, LeBron has never lost a first game series just because, you know, we can throw out the loosey goosey stats. We get stats wrong all the time here, but we're talking about the king. Let's get it right. Never lost the first go. game series ever, 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 ever. Never yeah. lost. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, what a tough draw for the Suns to get the Lakers here. The Warriors had it, too. The Warriors yeah. had that game against yeah. the Lakers. I mean, they threw that one away. Yep. Uh, and instead, you got LeBron and AD to uh, go up against. But hopefully, it's a good series. Okay, let's go to the 3-6 matchup. Rematch of the 2019, I think. Uh, you can fact check me if you want. Mm-hmm. West semis between the Nuggets and the Blazers. First game is the uh, nightcap tomorrow night. Excuse me. Later tonight, Saturday, 10.30 uh-huh. p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Denver won the season series 2-1, uh, but only like that really close 106-105 Nuggets victory on April 21st ref, you know, reflected the rosters that both teams are going to have out here. So keys to the series. Um, Tass, you go first. Uh, well, I think it's Michael Porter Jr. Uh, scoring it and filling it up as the uh, as the Nuggets' number two scorer, kind of filling in for Jamal Murray just a bit because we know Nikola Jokic, he will not be stopped. He played on Sunday against Yusuf Nurkic in the Blazers. He joked around and scored 21 points in 17 minutes when they weren't trying to win. Uh, but who's going to be that number two guy? Because, yeah, Jamal Murray's absence is, is somewhat... Is somewhat real because the 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 backcourt there uh, that they're going to start is probably Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers with Monte Morris chipping in. Aaron Gordon is a a, a purely a, a you know a, a role player, complementary player on this team, which is great for them. But um, Michael Porter Jr. has to score. And the, last year, uh, Michael Porter Jr. was played off the floor in the bubble because he couldn't defend a single soul. Now the Blazers, I think, would be smart to try and make that happen again. But Michael Porter Jr.'s you know, way more improved. Uh, I think he'll be on the floor the entire series. Uh, but if they can get him off the floor, because I mentioned those other guys, you know, maybe there's a chance there that the Blazers can outscore the Nuggets because that's that's going to be their goal. They're not going to really stop anybody. I know their defense has been better late, lately, but they are the 29th-ranked defense in the NBA. Uh, so uh, really, if you want to win, get Michael Porter Jr. off the floor. But I think he'll be on there, and I think he's just too gifted to score uh, and he'll help out, but I think he's sort of the key on both sides. If he's scoring, then the Nuggets are good because they're gonna they're gonna mm. they're gonna have two great scores. But if he's not, uh, then the Blazers could outscore the Nuggets. When you say scoring, like what do you picture for the Nuggets to win this series? Him averaging like twenty seven, twenty six. I don't think it has to be uh, that high. That's a lot of points. 
That's a lot. Uh, I think it can be lower. I think it can be just a 20 spot. Okay. Yeah. They got uh, weapons. I'm they not, got I'm weapons. Not, uh, possibly. And I, th- I think he's got to be a little bit higher for them to pull this off. But uh, we'll, we'll see, obviously. Uh, Lee, you go next. What's your key to the series? Well, we know what Damian Lillard's going to do. He steps up in the playoffs, uh, so he's going to be great. And Nurkic and Jokic is going to be a battle. So really, it comes down to how good can CJ McCollum be? Because this season, I think he was pretty close to all-star selection, but then he got injured and he missed a good sort of month to six weeks there. And uh, he had a great season. And we've seen him a couple of times where he just goes out there and gets that bucket. He calls himself a shark and he goes out feeding. And he's great to watch. So he needs to deliver like that in the playoffs. Because you mentioned a couple of years ago when these two teams played a seven-game series. Mm -hmm. In those four wins, McCollum averaged like 32, 33 points a game. And he had, I think, uh, 37 even in game seven on the road in Denver. He was huge for them. So he needs to be like that because in he only played two games against the Nuggets this season and one was that really close game and he was bad. I think he only had 13 points and the other game that he did play was the last game of the season when that game was kind of over in the first quarter. So it doesn't even really count because the Blazers got a big lead and then the Nuggets just rested their guys anyway to get it ready for the playoffs. So uh, CJ, if he steps up, I think that is really going to tilt it uh, in Portland's favor because he's he's a very, very tough defend uh, uh, defensive matchup for the Nuggets, uh, and again, without Jamal Murray there to sort of make CJ work potentially at the other end, I think that sort of uh, is, is a good thing here for Portland. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is a pretty fascinating series. Uh, you know, Nuggets have home court. Obviously, they uh, have the very likely MVP in Nikola Jokic, but th- we're going to see just how big that hole of Jamal Murray is, I think, in the playoffs because they got through the regular season without him, but playoffs could be a different story, especially as we know how good he was in Orlando in the bubble there last season. So, uh, you know, getting back to Portland, though, you know, like I say, Dame, there's no question he's going to perform and there's going to be a lot of focus on him from the Denver defense. But if CJ can fill in that void and really average, uh, you know, high 20s in this series, that could be uh, massive and potentially swinging the series in Portland's favor. Yeah, I'll piggyback off your key there because mine is the Nuggets guard depth. And I know Tassie slipped it in there, too. Um, they don't have a lot of guys in the uh, in their backcourt right now, or at least some of their statuses are a little unclear. Jamal Murray, of course, is out. That's huge. But Will Barton also missed the final 13 games of the regular season with a hamstring strain. Uh, his status, a little up in the air. P.J. Dozier's status, up in the air. Um, they're hoping he'll be back, but he hasn't played since early May. I think he had a right, like a doctor uh, injury there. So your starting backcourt is Campazzo. Okay, he's, he's good. He saw it. And Austin Rivers? Um, who played 15 games with Denver. I, I feel like a lot of people haven't even seen Rivers, Austin Rivers. Playoff Rivers, bro. Playoff I know, Rivers. Yeah. But I don't think people have even seen Austin Rivers in a Nuggets uniform. I'm convinced uh, come, when's the first game? Saturday night, there's going to be a lot of tweets going, Austin Rivers is on Denver. Wasn't you he watch. a Nick? There'll be a whole lot of that. Uh, but he look, he's like a 9-3 and three type of guy uh, in his 15 games there in Denver. He does not shoot a high efficiency. He can catch fire. He's had some playoff moments, you're right. Uh, but that worries me that it's Composo and Austin Rivers as uh, your potential starting backcourt. Um, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't love that. Monte Morris. <laughs> you're hoping he's 100, percent but that's not likely either. He's just returned from a from a, a sore hamstring too. So you're going against a team with arguably, I mean, at least top three best backcourt in the league in uh, Lillard and McCollum. Like. That's that's not easy. Um, so that is something I'm watching, especially the Barton factor. Monte Morris, you know how healthy he is. <laughs> the like Barton these guys got to play, and even PJ Dozier uh, to uh, try and slow the McCollum's and the Lillards down to the world. Because we know if this game's close, 
hey, Jokic can do his magic too. Don't get me wrong, but it's Lillard time. It's Dame time when we get into clutch situations. He leads the league in, in scoring in those situations. Like if it's a close game, you're gonna you're gonna probably bet on the Blazers to pull these out. But Trey, what's your key to the series before predictions? I'm betting on Nikola Jokic to pull it out, buddy. I'm getting my investment reports from. The Barton Factor on CNBC (laughs) with Will Barton giving you the thrilling stock tips every Wednesday night from 11.30 Mountain Time to 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Weird that you changed I lost it. time zone. I lost it there at the end. I lost it at the end. Went, but I think, I think you was... went PM to you went a, PM to. That's a long show. Yeah, so it's I went 13 to PM. Hour, you changed I went time. to PM and it threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven PM to twelve AM. 11.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. Eastern is when the Barton Factor is on oh, CNBC. Okay. okay, of course. Uh, we're watching. That's your key to the series. That's my key. That's my key. <laughs> That's what I'm tuning in for. 11.30 is when it starts. <laughs> I don't know. What was I talking about? Nikola Jokic, he's good. Yeah. Uh, he's is got that a good key? That is, yeah. actually, that is actually my key. I think we've been watching a special season for Nikola Jokic the entire time, and we've been trying to talk ourselves out of it, or at least creating a narrative around it that it could be somebody else. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we've seen a guy average a triple-double for a month, which is impressive for a big guy. He was leading the league in assists for a month of the season. He's never slowed down the entirety of the yeah. season. Jamal Murray gets hurt. The Nuggets don't take a step back. They just keep winning. I'm with you, Skeets. I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to up his game a little bit here. He's probably going to have to match C.J. McCollum. He's got to be at 24, 25 a game in this series. But that means that Jokic has to score as often as Damian Lillard is. He's got to be up around 30, and I think he's capable of it because in the clutch situation, Skeets, like you're saying, Damian Lillard is going to do his thing. But Jokic is the special kind of big guy that can actually bring up the ball up the court and get his own shot. He's not necessarily relying on a guard to get him the ball in the post. He can get it from half court, bring it down and post up from there and work his magic that sort of way. Uh, The Nuggets are going to be missing uh, Jamal Murray, no doubt about it. Having that ISO guy at the end of a, at the end of a possession is huge in playoff basketball. But I think we've been watching um, one of the great seasons and I just can't wait to see Jokic continue it in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, you know, in a weird way, you hope we don't have like a Dirk situation where he wins MVP and has an mm. unbelievable regular season, then goes out in the first round. Though it's a little different, of course. You are missing like your second best player, and you're against a really good team in the Blazers. I think a lot of people are probably taking Portland. I think in this series with no Jamal, but yeah, I'm with you watching Jokic. Like it, it like I think it was Zach Lowe. On his podcast, I know we've talked about it before in playoff series. Like, watch Jokic like early in a game when he's at the three-point line and just how aggressive he is, letting it fly, and you'll have a good idea like what type of uh, Joker you're going to get that night because he's a playmaker. I mean, he really is like a, a, a point guard in a giant man's body. He wants to pass. Obviously, is is can score, can shoot from distance, but uh, sometimes he's a little hesitant. Uh, it reminds you a little bit of like the old Marc Gasol days where you're mm. like, hey man, let it go. You're open. Like, let it fly. But Sometimes he'll do it, and sometimes he won't. And, uh, you know, Denver Nuggets fans are going to hope he's very, very aggressive, because I think he has to be, because I don't think there's going to be a ton of backcourt scoring, as we said, with all the injuries and no Jamal. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr., hope them 25-26. And Aaron Gordon, too, I think has to be pretty special in this series um, uh, for the Denver Nuggets as well. So let's get to predictions. We've, we've gone through our keys, tasks. 
back to you. Uh, where do you lean in this, uh, in the 3-6 in the matchup, Denver or Portland? I ain't betting against the MVP. He is their center. He is their starting point guard. He's everything for them. And, and I think that hesitancy is, is a thing of the past now. I think he knows uh, what the team needs from him, and that's why he's the MVP. Uh, I don't think he loses this series. I think they'll, uh, you know, they played very well without Jamal Murray. I know it's, it's obviously different mm-hmm. in the postseason, uh, but uh, they're going to get it done. Uh, I got the Blazers uh, winning a Blazers. couple games, uh, but oh, that's okay, it. But, I, but I'll take the Nuggets <laughs> in six. Nuggets in six. Trey, what do you got? Nuggets in six. That's the picks. It sounds good to me as well. I think the Blazers are going to be playing incredibly well because Damian Lillard has turned it on the last couple of weeks of the season, heading into the playoffs. We've seen him perform time and time again, and the Blazers are certainly going to have an advantage in the backcourt, but this is Nikola Jokic's season, and I think that's going to continue. I think we're going to see a lot of really close games, some classic moments coming out of this one, Skeets Arena. We're talking some Jokic good ones, some Lillard good ones. I would love to see a CJ McCollum pull up. Uh, we got some guys who can do some special things with the ball at the end of the game. Ultimately, though, give me Nuggets and Six. Well, I'm on the opposite side of this one. I'm Blazers and Six, Lily, um, for all the reasons we've sort of gone through. Uh, I, I like this matchup for them, especially with no Jamal Murray, and especially with a lot of these guards uh, on the Nuggets side of things banged up. And I just don't have a lot of confidence in a Composo Austin Rivers backcourt uh, beating a CJ McCollum team backcourt, <laughs> even if you've got the MVP in, in Jokic. Because Nurk. You know, there's a, I like that little storyline, too. I don't want to gloss sure, over sure. that. Obviously, being former teammates, Jokic is still going to give it to him. Don't get me wrong. But Nurk is a better defender, and he helped improve, like you said, Tass, the Blazers' defense over like the final stretch of the season. They're one of the hotter teams heading into the playoffs, too. Let's not forget about that. So I'm going Portland in six. Uh, Lili, who are you going with? I thought I was going to be the only one to swerve, but I am also taking the Blazers in an upset here. I think we are going to get a bit of a repeat from uh, what we had a couple of years ago because uh, the Blazers have a better road record than the Nuggets do, and uh, the Nuggets at home actually had the fourth best record in the Western Conference, so they can drop one or two here. I don't really like picking the Blazers to have to win Game 7 on the road like they did a couple of years ago, but I just feel it is going to be a pretty tight series. And uh, I'm going to tip the upset. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that uh, the Blazers just have enough. That Look, just before the playoffs here, the Blazers dropped a couple of games at home. They looked bad. Lillard looked hurt. But then they turned it on to get into the official playoffs. They didn't have to go through the play-in tournament. And that kind of reminded me, yeah, Lillard can just, he can just carry a series here if he has to. So especially, again, as you guys mentioned, no Jamal Murray there. So I, uh, I'm with the Blazers. I'm with you. But I, I say seven games. You're going... Blazers in seven. So you, yes. okay, okay. So you got them winning on the road. Once again, a repeat of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. In, in 2019. Okay. I do like when we're split like this. Split Even the way we're set up here with the uh, camera, like you guys over on that <laughs> side, us over here, we're like, it's like we're going to battle, you know? Yeah, exactly. I do like this two on two game that we got going here when it comes to some of these picks. I hate when we all got the same teams. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. 
There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Final one. Clippers, Mavericks, 4-5. Tomorrow, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes, I mean today, Saturday. The Mavs won the season series against the Clippers 2-1, but the two teams have not played since splitting a pair in Dallas way back on March 15th and 17th. That's a a couple months ago, but the Mavs did win the season series, and uh, look, there was guys missing in a lot of these games. I don't even know why I'm telling you the season series. It's just something to set up the series, you know? Part of the game. Lee, what's your key to this one? Clips, Mavs. Wasn't it like the third game of the season where the Mavs won by 60 in it was LA? 51 well? point victory. Yeah, I don't know when it like happened, that. but it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that was still the year 2020, if I remember. <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, well, look, a little bit like the Utah Jazz. The Clippers last year, you know, they lost a 3 1 lead to the Denver Nuggets, but the difference between what happened between the Clippers and the Jazz was the Clippers kind of turned on each other a bit. You know, Doc Rivers left. Uh, Lou Williams is no longer there. That was obviously a mid-season trade, but there was a bit of finger-pointing. People weren't happy with the special treatment given to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And I think this season has actually so far gone very, very smoothly for the Clippers for the most part that we haven't seen any internal chaos. And that's good for them. But what happens in the playoffs? Let's say they drop one of these games at home to the Mavericks. What happens if they're behind? Do they have that uh, resilience in them? Do they have that fight to get out of this? Because they should win this series. I think they've got far more talent overall than the Mavericks. But we know that chemistry can really play a factor here. And especially with Kawhi Leonard, you know, he is an unrestricted free agent after this season. So he could sign elsewhere um, if he chooses to next season. Paul George signed a five-year, $226 million. So he's staying 
But Kawhi Leonard, and we know what happened to Toronto. He won a championship. That wasn't good enough to keep him. So, you know, if the if the Clippers do fall behind in this series, I can sort of see an implosion happening again. Uh, but the Clippers, they need to be better than they were last season. They need to sh- sort of show that they are more than just a team of superstars who don't really care about their supporting cast. They're a team and they're on the same page. So if you're the Mavericks, you need to try to sort of poke away at that Pull at that thread if you can and see if you can get them kind of turning on Pivotal game that one. That could be the key. Pivotal game one. Very pivotal <laughs> very game pivotal. one. Very, very pivotal. pivotal. But, but again, overall, I mean, we'll get to it, of course, but I, I think the Clippers should be favoured in this series. They should win the series, mm-hmm. but there is certainly a vulnerability with that squad from what we saw last season. Well, I'll, I'll go Trey next because because I'll ahead. talk uh, chemistry as well between Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Luka Doncic because Chris Stapps is the key for me for for the Mavs. And uh, you know, I look up and down the roster of the Clippers. They just they have too many scores. Uh, the 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 Clippers um, they're they're going to find a way in the mid range wherever they're going to score. But the the Mavericks do they have enough scoring? Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Uh, has to be a star in this series. Uh, he just he he has to be if they're going to be if they're going to be good. And uh, there's talk last year in the bubble. Let's talk about last year in the bubble where the Clippers imploded. Uh, Tim Cato has a great article on the Athletic talking about Chris Stapps and Luka Doncic hanging out in the bubble, and there were white claws close by, uh, as well as mixed <laughs> drinks close by. I like how Cato says close by because they weren't necessarily drinking them. But those two dudes were hanging around White Claws. And then there was recent comments recently from Mark Cuban saying that they don't necessarily get along off the floor as well as uh, they do on the floor. On the floor, all good, but they're not necessarily best friends off the floor. And Porzingis had to shoot that down. Now, you talk about the, the Clippers' future if if they don't win. Well, th- this is uh, this is a, a real big, real big set up for the the Mavericks here to either go in one direction with Luka and Chris Epps or go in another because, you know, if they can't win, um, maybe they just have to change it up. And I know uh, Porzingis also has a monstrous contract, uh, but uh, this is his time to shine. I mean, he really has to be great because the Clippers are are a lot to deal with and Porzingis maybe can help them uh, overcome that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 up to Porzingis and Luca that chemistry there. They have to be good on the floor because uh, otherwise, um, like who's really going to come through? I, I know there's Tim Hardaway and they have depth, but they and, and they they score enough and Porzingis is going to score enough, but they are going to load up on him. And the Clippers defense is so freaking good. Uh, Porzingis has to be the the star that he's paid to be if they're ever going to advance. I mean, this is uh, there's a lot riding on that relationship. If I remember correctly, last year when these two teams played, Porzingis played in the first, what, three games, I think, TK? Mm-hmm. And he, he played all right. I mean, uh, he scored. You know, he was averaging like 24 points per game. Uh, that's pretty damn solid uh, against a Clips team. But uh, you agree with sort of what Tass is saying, that he's got to – he's obviously got to stay healthy. That's you got to have him play, KP. for sure. Just play. First off, just play. Don't worry about even being best friends with Luca and the White Claws you may or may not have. Uh, just stay out there first. Um, because you are one of the rare maybe like advantages when you do that whole little tick 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 like advantages through the columns with both teams. Yeah, a healthy KP is a, an advantage in this series. Um, 
Just whether or not he can be out there for the whole thing is a huge question mark. No doubt. I'm still a Porzingis believer. I still love the fit with Doncic, and I still think he contributes a positive uh, impact when he's out there healthy. And I think exactly what you're saying, Skeets, he can be an advantage for the Mavericks if he's able to stay on the court and if he's able to play to the best of his capabilities. Because you're right, Tass, the question becomes for the Mavericks, if they're going to try and outscore the Clippers, that's going to be hard to do in the first place because the Clippers... When they're locked in, they're a great defensive team, and they can really get after it uh, on the perimeter as well, which is where the Mavericks base their offense. Uh, meanwhile, the Clippers shoot 41% as a team from three-point. That's crazy. Uh, That's call, insane. It's, it's honestly unbelievable when you think about, like, it used to be impressive that there would be a handful of guys who could shoot 40% in the league, and they've got like 11 guys or 10 guys on their roster who finished the season at 40%. One guy played three games, toss them out. Still nine rotation <laughs> players that shot 40% on the year. That's crazy, especially considering that the Mavericks want to get their production from their role players as three-pointers, whether it be from Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, Porzingis, another guy who racks him up from three if he's playing at his best. They've got to outshoot the Clippers, who are the Clippers are basically the best three-point shooting team in the league this year. The math mm -hmm. on that is really tough, especially when you throw in the Clippers as a top-ten defense. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's, it has to be a special series from Luka. It has to be Porzingis on the court for the entire series, and it's got to be knocked down three-point shooting and hoping the Clippers get really, really cold. Are you saying we might get a Tim Hardaway Jr. 50-point mm. game here in the playoffs? Is this the time? It's possible. It's possible, man. 10, 11 threes? Let it fly, Timmy. Oh, he's going to let it fly, no doubt. Uh, my key to this series is the Mavericks bench. Like, what are they going to look like here? How are they going to play? Um, are they going to be the mild stallions or the wild stallions? Isn't that what we were calling That's them right. at one point? Keep it wild. Uh, because, like, they have a lot of guys I do like. Josh Richardson, he is coming off the bench now. Tim Hardaway Jr., like, took his starting spot, you know, caught fire, and they couldn't take him out. So he comes off the bench. Like, he can score a little bit, gives you a little bit of defense, but... He hasn't had the most exciting season. I had I expected more from him this year, actually. Jalen Brunson, he is uh, what I've called like mini Van Vliet. I love him. I think he's a great guard to come off your bench, but he needs to be you know instrumental. He needs to win them like a quarter or two here or there in this series for them to pull off the upset. Maxi Kleber is day to day with a sore Achilles, and that's huge. That's huge, Lee, because. <laughs> <laughs> nice inside Duh. joke. Uh, he's like amazingly probably the best defender you can throw at Kawhi. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. Like truthfully. And Kawhi's going to get whatever he wants against Dallas. They just don't have a lot of great one-on-one matchups. But if Kleber is not 100% or not even playing, oh, then they are not slowing him down at all. And then I guess the other guy I would throw on the bench here is like, is J.J. Redick going to play? No. You know, at all? Is that yeah, 100%? Rick. I know they shut him down for the regular season. Ricky Carlisle said it's very unlikely that he's going to Okay, play. so he's uh, he's not going to be in there. Okay, we'll scratch him from the list. Well, you need Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, and hopefully a healthy Maxine Kleber to be to be huge in this series to, again, like shift the games here and there and hoping like the Mavericks like uh, starting unit with KP and Luka can like play the clip sort of even for a good chunk of it. But they need to like tilt these games in their favor, and uh, you know that's a lot to ask uh, for them at least four times out of seven. So, so we'll see. Because it's just not like even Luca; he's going to be special. Luca, like at this point, is like turning into a LeBron, where you're like, well, he's going to win you a couple games. Like he's that good by himself and setting up guys. Um, tough to win this series against the Clips, just because they have Paul George and Kawhi, and 
and Morris. Like, you can throw all these guys on Luka. It's going to tire the hell out of him as the series goes on. So let's get to predictions. Um, you go first, Lily. Who do you like? Yeah, I, the Clippers win the series. Um, it's just how many games. And, and, and Luka gives them at least one. And then those other guys, I'm like, how confident am I in those other guys really being able to go up against this Clippers defense and uh, take more than one game? And um, I'm probably going to regret this one a bit, but I'm going to take the Clippers in five. I, mm. I, I feel they should, really, because, you know, again, Luka is going to be great, but they can kind of either say, you know what, let's just pile up on Luka and let's see if Maxi Kleber can get hot. Let's see if Dorian Finney-Smith can get hot for a game. It's very possible. But it's also, I think, probably the way the Clippers want to play is rather than get Luca. Luca, if Luca's getting everyone involved, getting a lot of assists and not, not having to score all that much, that favors Dallas a little bit, I think. So I think you just want to try to uh, sort of almost take Luca out of this and uh, see what else the Mavs have got. So not super confident in this pick, but I'll take the Clippers in five. How about this for you, Lee? Here's a Schumann stat. What mm. about the pivotal first quarter? Forget your oh. games. Pivotal first oh. quarter. Oh. This stat's insane. This is one of the craziest stats I've seen. It's gone under the radar. Dallas was 27-0 and this season after winning the first quarter. This is like, huge. Amazing. This is like the my buddy Grish team. Like they're up after the first quarter. You're like, well, they won. Yeah, it's over. And yeah. it would turn out yeah. you'd be right. They didn't lose a game. Yeah. No other team had fewer than six losses, which makes sense. It's the first quarter. It's only exactly. like 12 minutes yeah. in. That's yeah. a crazy stat. Uh, shout finally, out to Schumann. Finally, a good Schumann stat. I know. Schumann, <laughs> Schumann fires a lot of stats out there on Twitter. There's a lot of FGM slash FGA. There's just a lot of words there. And, uh, I can't comprehend, but that's a good you one. You like that one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. So, Bango. Okay, so that, that out of the just, park, shoe man. Guys, watch that first quarter. If Dallas is up, they're going to win the game. That's what the stats say. That's what Schumann says, okay? Um, Tass, what's your pick for this? Uh, my pick is that I dream of Chris Porzingis being a unicorn again. I mean, he had a decent season when he played. <laughs> Uh, is he just a horse right now then? <laughs> just a horse or a narwhal? Gotta grow that horn back. He's that horse, that, that meme of that drawing of the horse. You know how it starts off really perfect and then it's just like a line at <laughs> the end. <That's... laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I want him to grow that horn. Let's do it. Uh, stop being a horse, poor Ziggis. Now, he was, he was good. Um, yeah, a 20-point-per-game guy, which is... Uh, Kind of surprising, you know, based on the narrative out there of him. But 20 points per game this season. Uh, missed a ton of time, obviously, but he's back. He should be healthy. Him and Kaliba at the 4-5 can cause some problems. But, yeah, they, he just he just elevates their ceiling, raises their ceiling so much more when he's playing really, really well. And uh, that's, that's strictly what it is to me. I mean, he can... Uh, he can take them from a team that's yeah could lose in five to uh, a team that goes seven. Um, so I'll stick right in the middle. I think uh, yeah he played really well to start that series uh, last year, and they were down two uh, one when he left the series. Then uh, Luca came back and, and with that monstrous game winner made it two two, and then mm. uh, that was the end of them there without Porzingis. So uh, I'll say they uh, I'll say they go Clippers in six because I think the Clippers have learned a lot from last year. Um, but we'll have a, a closer, more entertaining series even than last year. I think it'll be a, a, it'll be a really good series. Will Porzingis be the unicorn, or will he be Horse Zingus? <laughs> horse Zingus in the stream team. Uh, okay, TK, what's your prediction? Even if Horse Zingus is running through the fields, a strong stallion 
steeding through the meadows. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter, Lee. I'm feeling confident in the Clippers for you. Clippers in five. This is a really good team, but everybody has brains. So we all remember what happened with the Clippers <laughs> last year. It's hard to be confident in them. It's hard yeah. to believe in the Clippers. But they have been good this season. They've got no pressure on them right now uh, until they get up to a 3-1 lead. That will be the most pivotal game. Give me a Schumann stat for that. Teams that blow a 3-1 lead, do they win when they have a 3-1 lead the next season? That's what I want to know. That will be the test for the Clippers. When they get up 3-1 in this series, do they close it down? I think the answer is yes. Clippers in five. Oh, yeah. And what's the, the, the stat for teams that tank their last two games of the season? Do they win their Ooh. first round series? You can't Ooh, tank. That's a good one, too. You can't tank and then lose your first round series. You can't. So, yeah, they'll, they'll be ready to play. Well, I'm going Clippers in this series. Um, we got two of you saying five. Lee, you said Clips in six, right? Tass said Clips in six. I'm sorry. You went Clips in five. My bad. I was leaning Clips in six for a long time. I think I'll stick with it. Uh, nothing you've said tonight has convinced me otherwise, guys. Uh, no, I'm going LAC. <laughs> I, I like Clippers in six. I do. I think the Mavs will win a couple games. Obviously, uh, Luca's that special. He he really is at that point. Like, there's just no way he's not going to win a game or two. And then, yeah, he needs contributions. Uh, mm-hmm. Duh. He needs KP to be on. He needs KP to just play the whole damn series. First off, like, I, if I'm a you know if I'm betting, I'm probably not even betting on that. I'm sorry uh, that that happens. That he plays in every single game. KP. And then, yeah, you need Tim Hardaway Jr. and, and uh, for, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and, and all these guys off the bench to, uh, you know, at least win some quarters, win some halves here for this squad. Well, I'll give the Clips uh, six games to get it done, but, yeah, I hope, we, I hope they get up 3-1. That'll be, oh, that'll be fun. That'll be exciting. That'll be exciting because then uh, I guess in this theory, I got the, the Clips going up 3-1, Mavs win game five, and then it's like, oh, oh here baby. we go. And then maybe uh, maybe playoff P there will not be uh, pandemic P, and he'll come through in the clutch. Paul George, I didn't even mention him. I mean, this is like a huge postseason for Paul George Massive. and his like quote-unquote legacy. I mean, people hate him. He needs to shut up the, the haters out there as much as possible if he cares to. He needs to just be dominant, which we know he can and was at a lot of times during the regular season. But if he has a couple other stinkers, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Delete your ass, Twitter will be Paul. fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So those are our predictions for the four Western Conference series. Like I said off the top, we already made our East picks on the podcast previous or the YouTube show previous. You can go check that out if you want. But let's wrap this up, T. Tess, with a little Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. I think we've talked enough about basketball. Let's okay. go to the baseball field tonight. Oh, here we go. Here tonight, we go. The Atlanta Braves shellacked in their game. They won 20 Ooh, to whoa. 1. They won 20 to 1. So Ronald Acuna Jr., the fantastic Braves player, mm-hmm. decided with a 19-run lead that he was going to bat left-handed. He's usually a right-handed what? hitter. Yeah, and he was in the on-deck circle ready to hit left-handed. And his oh boy. and his oh manager boy. and his manager wasn't having it. 
Brian Snitker gave him the <laughs> gave him the Dikembe Brian Mutombo. Snitker. No, 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 no. You're not doing it, son. You're not You're doing not. it, Ronald. No, he wanted to hit left-handed. Let him Snitker. do it. Let him do it. Uh, uh, I love how baseball managers look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got a vibe to the man. Yeah, that's yeah. All he's right. a classic. Brian Snitker is a uh, got a classic look. <laughs> he's got that shape. He has yeah. got that. Look at that. Yeah, he looks like a baseball Everything manager. About that guy screams baseball man. Would, would you yeah. guys would you guys let your star player hit left-handed in a 20 to 1 route? Fuck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're going to disrespect uh, what about the, the other, game. Uh, manager Tony LaRusso. What about those unwritten like rules? His own guy hitting home runs or something like like what, what is going on? A lot of unwritten rules being oh, flaunted God. out there, Skeets. <laughs> yeah. What no, you, right. you think it's fair? You think it's cool for Ronald Acuna to go up and bat from the other side of the plate? Do you know how disrespectful that is? <laughs> Do you know? It's literally, well, that's literally the equivalent of like <laughs> Steph Curry shooting uh, a layup, I guess, with his left hand. Like you're not left-handed. No, how dare no. You? When they're up, it's like they're up forty. I'd shoot a three-pointer maybe with his left hand. Why, like why is Acuna still in the game? Don't they empty the bench a bit in baseball and just let anyone else just go out and have no. a hit? There we go. No, a real don't. baseball. Purist is talking now. Get the stars yeah. out. Let them get a victory lap. They only play the 162 games, Lee. They've got to get their hacks in. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's like at that point, just because you're, you're allowed a pinch runner, aren't you? Which is like uh, and a pinch hitter. Yeah. Let's not go through the yeah. baseball rules here at 1:20 in the morning, please, for the love of. Would God. you allow uh, Tenduka well, to hit left-handed well, or, or bat left-handed? Here we go. So they don't. Yeah. They don't change. <laughs> The way they they don't change the way they bat, but they do this thing called reverse sweep, right? Where so you so you like this, and then they switch while the ball's being pitched and whack. Okay, it the that's other way. sort of badass. Yeah, it's huge now. It's become a massive like weapon because uh, players have messed it up a few times. Uh, but now, guys, I'll try. I'll try to find you one. This guy, you should have seen this guy belt it from the other way around. It's incredible, Glenn Maxwell for Australia. Any only the stream team. I know it's like middle of the afternoon in Australia right now. <laughs> Glenn Maxwell hit a monster six okay. last year for Australia. So if someone can dig it out real quick, on a, they won't on have a, time. Re, on a like a reversey roo or what do you call? Yeah, them reverse sweep. Oh, reverse sweep. sweep. So um, okay. yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually become a very effective shot. But it's not disrespectful. It's like it's like it's a High risk, high reward. So go for I it. Ronald yeah. Well, in baseball, the wrong if sport. there's a guy who stands on one side of the plate and that's the only side he stands on, and then one time he decides to stand on the other side, <laughs> you're getting a beanball, friend. <laughs> you're getting a beanball <laughs> oh, yeah. right in the back, Ronald. Um, so maybe that's why Brian Snicker is trying to save his guys. Like, come on, man. We don't hey, need you to get injured. Yeah. You don't need to pitch to the back or the head or something like that. Yeah, he's just yeah, old okay. school. Old man. <laughs> talking about They're ra- all old talking school. about rarities. Goddamn leagues, old school. There was a triple play that happened tonight. Can't wait to watch that. I'll On a grounder, cool. grounder to the third baseman. A classic, so like, classic yeah, five like four a, three baby. Third? Three the hard way. Just, five wow. four three. Wow. Okay. I keep talking cool. for a no, bit. No, no, I found no, it. No, no, no. We're not playing it. We're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. It's massive. Brian Snicker. Really satisfied. They call it. They call him Snit. <laughs> Call him Snit. I mean, what do you to? think? Okay, we'll buy him some time here. What do you think about baseball managers, like big old slobby guys wearing the uniform? Like, what? what why? Why are why? they dressed like they're going to go I, in there? I think he should wear Every baseball manager should wear his jacket, no matter how hot it is. <laughs> 
because the jacket. <laughs> so you don't see the <laughs> jacket <laughs> looks. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't that. care what he wears That's over time. That's so silly. Yeah, because jackets are cool. Nice, nice, nice. Because baseball jackets are cool. Even if you're in a beer league that was uh, and have a jacket that was purchased by one of the team's players' dads. I uh, cool gotta job. wear it. Gotta wear it. We have okay, matching so uniforms want... for matching jackets for all our beer leaguers. How freaking oh. cool are we, baby? Oh. I just found out that uh, uh, my godson, my buddy Grisha's son, is going to possibly win a championship ring in flag oh. football. <laughs> He's six years old. They play this weekend. America. Shout out to from a young think age. About, think about how silly that is. By the t- in three months, the ring won't fit him. Yeah, you got to size up. <laughs> That's yeah, got to grow into it. Only in America. You're going to want to wear this when you're Only a grown in America. Man. I don't know if it's Justin's, but shout out to Justin. Got to be. Uh, uh, JD, do we have Poor JD. He moved today. I don't have anything, Lee. Are you sending me something? I just sent you something. I put it in. I literally bought you like three minutes of time there, Lee. I know, I know, because I found it. How easy is it to bat in cricket that you can... This is not easy, but this, this couldn't do that this one on a hundred MPH in baseball. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you'd be. Uh, yeah, how would you even? You'd have to like almost spin around. Yeah, spin a Rooney. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool though. Uh, that'd be very cool. But anyway, anyway. Okay, anyway. so we don't have this yeah. clip. Maybe we'll just yeah, yeah, yeah. The we Joe did, we Rogan did, we did. podcast. We're not going three hours here. Oh, yeah. This isn't happy hour. Right? <laughs> you, you keep saying we have it, but I have nothing. You what? haven't said it's in general. Go into general in Slack. I meant to Slack it direct to you, but I put it in the general. Uh, yeah, I'm literally looking at yeah. it. He literally says, "Can you grab the?" Oh, you you, you sent me the YouTube link, and I have I know, to rip this to, now. I'm trying. I'm, I'm oh just. I'm oh, really, really, let's talk this through. <laughs> if it's on YouTube, you literally could have just shared your screen. Oh, uh, can I do that? it up. And said, hey, guys, check this out, and then share it. Yeah, I know you can do it, because you've got JD-like privileges, and you can share everything. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just hang on then. <laughs> One second. The good thing is that we're, stre- uh, we're literally stretching out here to see a guy do it like a spin move. I know, this move. better be Cricket freaking hit. amazing, man. Come on. All right, all right. Come all on, right. let's see that, like, super triple play or something. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. See that? Here we go. Oh, yeah, okay, we're okay, seeing your okay. screen. Matt, ready, watch here this. Here we go. Full screen I don't know if you that. can... Go full screen on your YouTube. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Here we go. There we go. All right, all right. Oh, change up. Mm, That's nice. I thought it was going to happen at all. See ya. He literally, like, almost, like, just blocks the uh, wickets and then, like, okay, right, flips it and turns on. There it is again. Oh, wow. Even with the shin pads. Nice. Okay. Like, you know. Okay, yeah, man. To Sir Donald Bradman's <laughs> oh, Brad stand. Brad he hit yeah. it in the Bradman's yeah. stand. Must be kidding oh, yeah. me. Here he goes. Let's watch a little bit more no, of Glenn Maxwell. Lee, 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 Lee. Okay, stop sharing his screen, JD. Just yeah, take okay, it off. Okay. Okay. That actually that right. lived up to right. the hype. I can't deny yeah, it. That was yeah. pretty cool. Do they ever um I guess they don't because they run with their bats, don't they, right? Like disrespectful to drop the bat. Like he, like he, well, crushed, just wouldn't he do crushed it. the shit out of that. He could have been like flipped yeah. the bat in the air, or would he have like gotten uh, yeah, in trouble? Yeah, you just you just hang on to your bat though. You never, there's, there's, you know. I mean, I guess Bloody. the only disrespectful part would be if you hit it and you don't even pretend to run. Oh, you know, because you hit it, and you're just like that's <laughs> cool. out of here, like a home run. He did but, you it. Know, like, he did it. That clip. You no, did. I know, but I'm just saying that would be the only way. It's kind of disrespectful, but it's not really. It's like it's like, hey, you went for it and you. Uh, Tonked it. Tonked it. Tonked it. Oh, boy.
<laughs> hey, was that is that like Mike Fratello being on the Telestrator, then me doing that, putting that into the kind thing? Of. Sort of, a little bit, wasn't it? Sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. Didn't even know you could. It do is because uh, got a great comment from Alex here. Lee is like my seventy-six-year-old teacher who didn't learn how to use Zoom the whole 100%, semester. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, hey man, we started on. Uh, on uh, what was that thing we used to record audio only on? Clean feed. We started on clean feed. <laughs> Remember that? Remember those days? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do. Vintage. And then we did get, we then we went to Zoom, didn't we, for a bit? You betcha. Yeah, we sure did. did. We yeah. sure did. So, you know, it's it's been a long... It, oh, man, it's been a long time, has oh, It's been it? hard oh, for geez. you, man. Well, I got news for you. The playoffs start to tomorrow, format. and they're like two months uh, long, mate. Ah, uh, yeah, that's great. It's great. It's good to be back. The games matter, real. you know? That's, that's they do. The they do. Real playoffs are back, you know? Real playoffs are back. That's exactly right. Okay, guys. Eight games on this weekend. Do your best to watch them all. That's your homework. Uh, Professor Ellis is uh, giving you your homework here. Everybody, watch the games this weekend. Come back on Monday for some No Dunks fun at 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. I saw a bunch of people freaking out. Where's the daily morning show? Is it gone? Is it gone? No, it's not gone. We told you all week long, early in the week. This was what we were going to do because we just wanted to wait until the actual playoff matchups were set to then talk about them. So that's why we did these two late night shows. Well, we're back to normal for the most part on Monday. So join us then, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube and obviously up in your podcast feed. Podcast feed. <laughs> hey, I started, started the podcast. With yeah, squeaky. Piss pronouncing my words, and I'm ending the podcast. Piss pronouncing my words. Full circle. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Shout you heard it here first. Have it. a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Okay, good job. Jimmy. That was a mistake. Go, but say your quote. It also say your quote, Tath. Let's go. Yeah, you, got, you got something for after my quote, or what are we gonna play? No, here? I just want. I'll just. Ah. I'll say the quote tonight. The quote is: "Embrace the morning, people." Yeah. JD, we'll see you Monday. JD moved today. You must have really loved this show, JD. Oh, it was great. I love. No, we're done. No, the show's done. It. Don't no, don't no, make no, him talk and let's go to bed. I got it. I'm gonna share my screen here. I've got. I've got. What do you got, Tess? I've got something from the 1977 World Series. You could stay.